Welcome back to the Rectify Setting the Record Straight. I am your host, Kiana Sanchez, aka Keo, and I'm back with you with another episode. This is episode 30, and the title of this episode will be Love Keeps No Record of Wrongdoing. I wanted to name this episode this title because there's many believers I can understand honestly why they may struggle with unforgiveness and holding things or grudges against people because they've been afflicted and wounded in their soul by this person or by things and people. But I want to talk about this because this is something that the body of Christ has to come to terms with. Even if some may not agree with it entirely, the thing is you either believe the truth or you don't believe the truth at all. So let's get into today's episode. Good morning, you guys. I know I have been releasing episodes a little bit back to back, and that's because when I feel led to talk about something, I want to talk about it. I want to release it and I want to get it out there in the atmosphere for other believers to hear because this is something that obviously needs to be said and need to be talked about. And it may, and I know it's talked about, like, don't get me wrong, there's other men and women of God out there who are releasing what God is giving them at, you know, rightful times and things like that. And it's very appreciated. And I am very grateful for those men and women of God who come forth speaking the truth boldly, proclaiming it and, you know, honestly doing the work of God. So the reason why I want to talk about love keeps no record of wrongdoing is because this is honestly something that I can say even as, you know, an individual myself that I have struggled with not holding things against people, not, you know, trying to project people's past on them and things like that. Because when we are so easily wounded and afflicted by other people, we find ourselves entitled to holding them accountable for their actions. And the thing is, I know for a fact that many believers, they will have this mindset that, well, you should hold them accountable. I'm not saying that you shouldn't confront the matter, but the thing is, you shouldn't constantly keep bringing things up just because it hurts you before, and it shouldn't be a reason to why you resent a person. And many people are very much resentful and holding grudges in their hearts against other people because of something they've done to them in the past. And as believers, just as the word of God tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, that love keeps no record of wrongdoing. And with that being said, I would like to read 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verses 4 through 8. And I know everybody's familiar with that scripture, but I feel like we don't meditate on it enough to understand how we ought to love other people, how we ought to treat other people, and how we ought to be with other people. Because... Even when we ourselves have sinned against God and turned our backs on God's and do and got on God by doing things that we know isn't right, God still loves us and forgives us, and He gives us a chance every day that we are able to open our eyes and to live another day. He gives us a chance to right our wrongs, to correct what we have done, to repent, and to ask for His forgiveness. So, First Corinthians chapter thirteen, verse four, on down eight. It says, well, actually, I'm going to read down to 13. It reads, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. 
As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect one, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but the fate, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide. These, these three, but the greatest of these is love. So I know we're all familiar with those scriptures and we've read it plenty of times for ourselves and we see for ourselves what it says that love is and what love does and what love isn't. And one thing that I can point out, I'm reading from my ESV version, so if it doesn't sound familiar to you, it's because I'm just reading a different translation. But what I want to point out is the fact that in the scriptures, I can't remember exactly which scripture it is at the moment, but it tells us to owe no one anything except to love them. And one of the biggest things as believers that we can honestly say we may struggle with personally is that we don't always genuinely love people because if we do love people we'll be kind to them regardless of how they treat us and I know it's easy to get in our flesh and want to argue with people if they argue with us or to you know be unkind to people if they're unkind to us and the thing is even when we aren't those things God loved us because God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son and that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God loved us even in our sin, but that doesn't mean that we have to continue sinning. Another thing I would like to point out is when the scripture says, vengeance is mine, save the Lord, I will repay. He's telling us not to go after these things in the flesh because you have to remember what it says in Ephesians chapter six, where it talks about the whole armor of God. He said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places. We're dealing with outside forces that may entice and inflict other people to do the harm that they do. And we shouldn't take it out on that person. And a good example I want to point out of this is the story of Stefan. Because if you remember correctly, when Stefan went amongst the people, the Jews and the Pharisees and scribes, when he went amongst them teaching and preaching about the things of God about the gospel and he told them about how you know God intended for us to come under grace and he was explaining to them that Moses isn't God and that we shouldn't just depend on everything that Moses said but that we should depend on what God is saying to us now and they didn't like that and in the midst of all that they took offense to um Stephen and they they were so angry with him it said they gnashed their teeth and they were gnashing their teeth and they were doing this in anger. And when they did that, they picked up stones and they stoned him to death. And basically it said he fell asleep. But before he did that, he looked up into the heavens and he saw Christ standing at the right hand of the father. And he said, Lord, forgive the forgive them for, you know, they don't know what they're doing. And he basically said the same thing that Jesus said on the cross when he was being, um, uh, crucified. Jesus was like, you know, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. 
And Stefan said, you know, forgive these people for their transgresses. Don't, you know, hold them accountable for this thing. He said, because, you know, in love, even still in love, Stefan forgave those people, even though they were killing him. And that's why we as believers, we shouldn't look at people and immediately condemn them to hell and feel as though we have a right to hold grudges or to not be cordial with other people because of it. And I, if you want to read the stories for yourself, you can go to Acts chapter 6 and 7 and you'll find it there where it's basically uh, Stefan talking to the people and they pretty much stoned him. But one thing I think that may have really pierced their ears was when he said, you stiff necked people, uncircumcised in your hearts and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did. So do you. And that was something that really pierced their hearts because they were. And many of us are even still to this day, stiff necked and uncircumcised in the heart. We're not willing to cut out the the pieces of ourselves that aren't of God. And we aren't being as uh, responsive to the Holy Spirit. We basically push the Holy Spirit back because of our own emotions and our own standards and the things that we've created in our own way of thinking as man. And that's why we have to reject our own understanding. That's why Jesus tells us to deny ourselves, to take up our cross and to follow him. As like many of us, we don't realize that we're not as genuine and the love of God as we think we are, because if we are, we wouldn't still be holding grudges against old friends or ex exes or um, treating our spouses indifferently whenever we're faced with issues. And we have to deal with these things in a, a, a godly manner. Like love is the bond of perfection. Love, you know, is something that Literally, like it says in uh first John, I'm actually gonna go to that scripture now because it came to my mind. So thank you, Holy Spirit, for that. But um when you read in first John where it talks about love, it tells us how the believer ought to be and how you will know a believer. But in uh first John chapter three, verse eleven it says for this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Verse 12, we should, we should not be like Cain, who was, the, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. We know that we have passed out we know we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murder murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this, we know love that he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay, um, lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's, but if anyone has the world's good, goods and see his brother in need yet closes his heart against him how does god's love abide in him little children let us not love in word or talk but in deed and in truth by this we shall know that we are of the truth 
and reassure our hearts before him. For whenever our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God and whatever we ask, we receive from him because we ask his commandments and do not because we keep his commandments, sorry, and do what uh, pleases him. And this is his commandment that we believe in the name of Jesus, that we believe in the son. We believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, just as he has commanded us. Whoever keeps his commandment abides in God and God in him. And by this, we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. And. This is why it's important for us to understand the love of God for ourselves, because just as it said in the scripture, he said, a person who doesn't love is a murderer. And just like Jesus talked about defilement coming from within, I believe that's in Matthew chapter 15, if I'm not mistaken. But when Jesus talked about what defiles a person, it says here in um, Matthew chapter 15, verses 10 on down to 20, he said, and he called the people to himself and said to them, hear and understand it is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a person. Then the disciples came and said to him, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? He said to them, every plant that my heavenly father has not planted will be uprooted. Let them, uh, he said, let them alone. Let them be blind guides and the blind will lead the blind and they will fall into a pit. But Peter said to him, explain the parables to us. And he said, are you still without understanding? Do you see, do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is expelled? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. And this is what defiles a person. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defiles a person. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile anyone. So that was what Jesus was trying to get the, the Pharisees and scribes to understand because he was like, they were complaining at the fact that the disciples ate without washing their hands. They broke bread and ate things without washing their hands. And they complained about this. And they were like, well, don't the ritualistic laws say this, this and that about cleaning oneself and doing this. And Jesus was like, you still don't get it. <laughs> he was like, it's not what you're eating that's going to make you unclean, but it's what you're you're projecting out. And it's the things that you speak, the things that you do. And it all comes from the heart. And whatever's in your heart is going to reflect who you are as an individual. So if you are defiled within, you are going to, you know, release defilement. And if you are cleansed within and you're speaking life and not death, then life is going to be something that flows from you like he said um living water will flow through you and many times we as believers we say things and i can honestly say that i have too we say things and then we turn around and be like oh lord forgive me for that but then we have to ask ourselves if we didn't want to be affected by uh, potential consequences of our actions why would we say or do those things anyways and that's why we have we must think before we speak that's why he tells us to be slow to speak quick to hear and slow to anger because the the uh 
the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Nothing that we can do, say, or think will produce the righteousness of God. That is something that God produces in us willingly. And many times we as believers, we we feel as though we have, you know, the right to do certain things and we don't. Like, and what I mean by that is we feel as though we have the right to condemn and judge people in a certain manner. And before people take, you know, me saying, you know, not to judge people as an excuse to keep doing what you want and not being convicted if someone calls you out on it. No, I'm saying in a sense where you know you're in sin and you're doing wrong and you're doing this not out of love, but out of spite. And you're trying to convict another person, but you yourself have dirty hands. Just as Jesus said, he's like, you have a splinter in your eye. And yet you're trying to get rid of the splinter in another person's eye. He said, get rid of what's in you first before you can go back and help your brother. Because if you do that, you have the clarity and the understanding on how to deal with the matter than just doing it according to your own will and manner. So we as believers have to work on things like that. And... We have to be very careful and mindful of how we try or think we're helping people because sometimes we're not helping people. We're not in the spirit and we're definitely in our flesh. And I can honestly say I have had my moments when I have done that. But here in Romans chapter 13, verses eight, it says, Oh, no one, anything except to love each other for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law for the commandments. You shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in the words, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. Besides this, you know that, I mean, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep, for salvation is nearer to us than when it was first believed, than when we first believed. The night is far gone and the day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, nor in sexual immorality and sensuality, nor in quarreling and jealousies. But put on the Lord, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. And that's what the word of God tells us. He says, put on Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. Make no intent on doing anything your flesh desires to do. Another thing I want to also point out is in Romans chapter 14, right here in. um, Let me go down a few verses. It says for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. He said, whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Do not forsake the food. I mean, do not for the sake of food destroy the work of God. Everything is indeed clean, but it is wrong for anyone who um, anyone to make another stumble by what he eats. It is um, good not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that causes your brother to stumble. The faith that you have keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who has no reason to pass judgment on himself for what he approves. But whoever has doubts is condemned if he eats. 
because the eating is not from faith for whatever does not proceed from faith is sin like that's something you have to truly study on for yourself and i actually do want to do a podcast on those specific scriptures but i will in due time but in other words just remember what jesus said to the pharisees and scribes when they were trying to basically condemn jesus and the the disciples for eating without washing their hands he was like don't for the sake of food destroy the work of god everything is indeed clean but it is wrong for anyone to to cause another person to stumble by what he eats so in other words if a person feels guilt or shame or anything like that because of something that you created that does not come from god at all you're destroying the work of god and it's all for the sake of what (laughs) but um just to kind of like get to the basic point of this podcast we have to learn to love people even even when excuse me we have to learn to love people even when it doesn't seem fitting to do so because i understand there's people out there who make you want to not love them and you're you're more upset with the, the way they may present themselves but you have to understand you pray for that person and you pray that god opens their eyes the eyes of their understanding that they come to the knowledge of the truth and that they receive him wholeheartedly. And, and before I even say that, of course, say, Lord, your will be done in their life. Don't even try to manipulate their lives because we don't want to, to get into witchcraft where we're trying to control and manipulate a person into being something we want them to be. No, we want God's will to be done in their life. So in other words, we just pray and ask that God will be done in their life and that he do you know that he draws them as he see fit but um when it all boils down to loving your neighbors as you love yourself let's as believers keep being kind keep being you know patient and understanding even when it's hard to because the same way that god is patient and understanding with us when we're in our mess and we keep making our mistakes we have to do the same with others we don't want god to look at us one day and say i'm no longer being patient or kind or or you know understanding with you because you're not listening and you're you're just hard-headed and you don't do what you're supposed to do and you're not nice etc we want to treat people the way that we won't we will we would want God to treat us. I'm sorry, but <laughs> just like the um prayer Jesus gave the disciples and the people, he said, forgive others as God has forgiven you. You have to forgive. Even when it seems like it's hard to do so, don't allow the enemy or even yourself to convince you that it's something that's impossible to do because it's not. Forgiveness is for you and for God. Because for one... You're, if you're living with unforgiveness, it hinders your prayer. If you're living with unforgiveness and resentment in your heart, it hinders your prayer. And you don't want to be bitter and spiteful about anything. Forgive those who've trespassed you so that God will forgive you. And pray that God forgives them also and that he, you know, helps them. So let's not keep record of what other people do because God 
like he says in his scripture. I know it's a, a scripture in Psalms, but he said he casts our sins as far as the east is to the west. When we come to him and repent, like when we come to him in true repentance and forgiveness, he casts our sins as far as the east is from the west and he remembers them no more. So the same way that God does these things for us, we should be able to do the same for others. We should be able to give, forgive them and move forward without any, you know, blame. So the same way we desire to be blameless before God, let's not blame others for their mistakes and things of that nature. I know it may have hurt, and I know that things that people may have said and done to you have afflicted and wounded you. But the best thing that you can do is forgive, heal, and grow. Learn to love them because love, it will manifest something so much greater in you that unforgiveness and bitterness can't. Because holding those grudges will make you sick. Literally, being bitter and spiteful towards people who have wronged you will make you sick. And it will give you headaches and pains and aches in your body, even form cancers. And these are things that you don't want. So with all that being said, we have to learn to love people without keeping record of the things that they've done in the past. The same way we don't want God keeping record of what we've done. And I know it may not be easy to forget what have happened, but when you don't keep record of it, you're simply not holding them to that. You're not holding that over their head every time an issue comes up. So let's be forgiving and let's be understanding the same way we want God to be with us when we ask him for you know, forgiveness and sincerity. I want to say a quick prayer for anyone who is battling with unforgiveness in their heart for someone or who's battling with bitterness and resentment. I want to say a prayer because we have to be honest with ourselves. We we don't have to fake the funk. We don't have to act like because we profess Jesus every day that we have it all together. Let's be real with ourselves and examine ourselves daily and and. and rid of everything that's in us that is plaguing us with an identity that is not of Christ. So, Father God, we thank you on today. We thank you for your loving kindness and your holiness. We thank you for the love that you have shed on us, Father God. We thank you for the love that you have given us and the love that you that you are producing in us, Father God. We pray that we begin to love like never before, to love like Christ loves the church. Father God, I pray that we no longer keep wrongdoings in our minds of those who have hurt us and who have wronged who has um wronged us in any way, shape, or form. Father God, I pray that you remove the bitterness in our hearts far from us, that we begin to have a, a spring of life in us, and that the love of God begins to overflow in our life like never before. We pray that your kingdom coming, your will be done in this earth and also within us that we be a willing vessel, a vessel of honor for you, Father God, and that we not try to manipulate or control the way that you plan to do things in anyone else's lives, but that we only do that which you require of us and that we only respond to that which you desire for us to respond to, that we not make any provisions for our flesh, but that we put on Christ Jesus daily. In Jesus name we do pray. Amen. So go in complete peace and joy about whatever matter you are facing. Give it to God and don't hold on to it any longer. Don't allow things to plague you 
and haunt you and to torment you. Forgive and love. Because that's what Christ does with, you know, with us. He forgives us and he loves us when we are repentant and when we ask for his forgiveness. So let's do the same things for others that we would expect God to do for us. You guys be blessed. This is the Rectified Setting Records Straight. I pray that this episode blesses whomever it reaches and whomever listens to it. And you all be blessed. Thank you.